0: Welcome to Success Superstars and my special guest, Coach Travis Robertson.
1: Coach, welcome. Awesome, Mark. Thanks Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And uh, if only people could see the pre-show, right?
0: If they could see the pre-show, they would know everything behind the scenes. You know, the discussions we were having, you know, we should have bloopers. We should have the we blooper should. reel.
1: We should have a blooper reel.
0: Yeah. So I'm so excited to uh, have you on this episode, you know, Uh, we're on a mission. We're on a mission here at JPAR to create the most productive brokerage in the world. And what's super cool about being here is everyone is focused around really three things, productivity, service back to our community, and exceeding the expectations uh, of our internal clients and our external clients. And so it's super fun. And we're here today to talk about the top five, the top five lead sources that are helping people be more productive today.
1: Real quick, can I just say this? Because I know you, you yeah. probably won't say it, but we were talking about the numbers beforehand. And, you—you, yes. and Because you, people hear you say that. Like, we're on a mission to create the most productive brokerage. And, and right. so I'm going to take a minute and actually toot your guys' horn because I don't think you're going to do it. And we were talking about the numbers beforehand. The industry average for agents has been going down. So it was like eight average deals, eight average deals, and then it dropped to seven last year, Right. right?
0: Yeah, the real trends five. The real trans
1: five uh, hundred. So this yeah, is the real trends five hundred. Like yeah. this is NAR
0: is like half that, I believe.
1: Yeah, I mean, so so we're talking about a large sample of what are supposed to be the most productive agents in the market, right? So right. so eight deals average, eight deals average, seven deals average, well, and JPAR years. in the last three years, and right. JPAR was eight, eight, eleven. So okay. it jumped up. By over 50, almost fifty percent more than the average in the Real Trends 500 last year, which is nuts. I mean, it's a huge testament to what you guys are doing, and and I'm going to toot your horn if you're not going to. So it's 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 great to see what you're you're doing over there, Mark and JP and the whole leadership team. So hats right. off to you guys.
0: Well, well, since you, we're, I was going to do the numbers, but at the end, but since we got, oh, you were sorry. Let's let's do them. But we paid out in May ten million in commissions. 10 million in commissions. Um, so, don't forget to pay your taxes.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't forget to pay your taxes. the tax man his check because right. uh, they, they like their taxes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, with tooting our own horn, let's move on to help folks be more productive and take advantage of some of the lead sources. So, Travis, you know, you're obviously coaching, uh, you know, people all over the world and, yeah. and here in the U.S. W- what are you seeing uh, that's working today?
1: Okay, so uh, before we get into lead sources, I wanna I wanna split this up a little bit because I think it's really important. Okay. Is you have control strategies and influence strategies, and influence strategies are strategies where you can't force people to send you referrals, you can't force people to refer you or call you back right. up and sell their home. So you can only influence that, and and I right. love influence strategies. Those are your repeat referral, your sphere of influence, your past right. clients. That is always going to be a staple of your business. So what I'm going to talk about is not that because most agents already get most of their business from their sphere, from past client, repeat referral, mm-hmm. you know, their network. And I want you to get a big fat chunk of your business from there. But it should never exceed more than about 60 to 70% of your business. Otherwise, you have too much of your business in one Basket. So we want repeat referral, we want sphere of influence, and and, and we're going to set that aside because what I want to talk about are the five control strategies the strategies where I can look at my business and get predictability into it because you can't predict how many referrals you're going to get next month. You can't predict how many of your past clients are going to all of a sudden decide it's time for them to sell. Right. You don't know. So over the next 30 days, if you, all your businesses, those sources, you're like, well, it's usually this, but yeah. I hope it works out that way again this month. So what we want to talk about are the control strategies, the strategies that give you predictability and control over your lead flow. So those are the five that we're going to look at. Does that make so sense, that Mark?
0: Makes total sense. And I love adding predictability and reliability because, you know, what we see uh, and I see it today. I just got off the phone with a particular agent who is basically complaining about, you know, they're rich, they're poor, they're rich, they're poor, they're rich, they're poor. Because all they're doing is their influence strategies, which is not predictable, reliable, and duplicatable. Yeah. But before we do this, Coach, what I want to do, c- could we talk just a little bit about how could each of us increase our influence?
1: Sure. Good question. Good question. Right? Okay. So influence... Okay, so this is, okay, I'm going can, can <laughs> to, I sla- can I slaughter a sacred cow? Can I just like, like kill this thing?
0: Yeah, no, no, uh, there's no rules here. So, and, okay, and I'm gonna I think I asked a, a really a good cow. question because I, I, I saw
1: the wheels turn up. Oh, man. Okay. So, th- one of the biggest lies in this industry, and, and honestly, it's, it's a lie in sales. It's a lie in any sales in any business. I've heard it in other industries as well. Right. And, and a lot of times these cute little sayings we start taking as gospel simply because they're cute and they're memorable. So we have this one where it's people do business with people we
0: know, like, and trust.
1: Right. It's not true. Right. So it's 100% not true. We prefer to do business with people we know, like, and trust. But we do not do business with people we know, like, and trust as the only criteria in fact it's not even the number one criteria we do people we do business with people we know deliver results Mm. that is the key you have to prove the ability to deliver results no like and trust is the tiebreaker got it it's the freaking tiebreaker so when i'm trying to influence what i have to lead with is results Backed up by building the relationship that comes with no like and trust. So, because there are so many people that they're like, Well, I'm building all these incredible relationships and they keep using other realtors. I'm like, Because they don't trust you to deliver better results. I will do business with people I don't necessarily know, like, or trust, which is why I have contracts and why I do things with, I'm like, Oh, I don't really like her, but man, she's freaking good at what she does and I need that. And, and, that's what I need. And if I knew yeah. somebody that I liked that I thought could deliver better results, I'd yeah. use that person. So we've got to understand that when you're trying to increase your influence, it can't just be relational. Yeah. It's got to be results plus relationships yeah. and the demonstration of what you're able to do.
0: Yeah, you are so spot on. And I learned this the hard way in my first year in real estate because the, the dominant agent uh, in my neighborhood, everyone talked about how they hated him. Yes, but I, I really struggled getting any traction because he had all the results, even though yeah. they didn't like him. So that tiebreaker, you know, whether they're a new agent or an experienced agent, you know the experienced agents had the results to prove. Yep. Uh, with us, uh, if they're a new agent here, we have plenty of proven results uh, that they can leverage as part of the
1: brokerage. Okay, absolutely. So that was pretty And, powerful. and then, Go for consistency. So when you're trying to influence, influence comes from consistency. It comes from being there and bringing value. So it's got to be them focused, not me focused. How can I bring them value? Yes, I would like a referral, but that's not my end game. My, My initial end game has to be fully focused on what they need, what they want. How can I bring them value? And if I get a referral... Great. But if you lead with the referral, you start doing things like, oh, by the way, Mark, after we just had this great conversation about your family, don't surrender to some of your referrals. And it's like, just freaking obliterated the relationship because it was truly about you. So you've got to lead with, how am I bringing this person value? How am I going to stay consistent in this relationship? Whether they never, ever, ever, ever send me a referral or a, uh, uh, they ever use right. me again. Am I, still, am I willing to show up and serve this person the crap out of this person with the expectation that they never give me a referral or use me again? Because if yeah. I can do that, I'll get a ton of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. So that's a great part to, to segue from increasing your influence because we know that's a key part of everyone's business, but let's move over into the control strategies and talk about what are you seeing in the control strategies that's working today?
1: Okay. So there's five and, and I'm going to break this down in order of my favorite. Uh, So I'm going to go from my favorite to my least favorite. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do my least favorite. It's just my least favorite for reasons that'll become obvious. So my favorite, and and I'm just going to throw this out there, all of these, but one or two require an investment. Welcome to business. It takes money to make money. You're going to have to right. learn to invest in your business and, and repeat referral is not free. You're going to invest time. You're going to invest energy. So it's right. when you start deciding to trade your time for money and money for time. And what, how do I better leverage my time? Cause I can make more money. I can't get more time. So, so business owners thinking leverage employees thinking, Oh my gosh, that costs me money. I can do this for quote unquote free, but they don't value their time. So we want to start making that mental shift. And so all of these are going to take some level of investment depending on the level you want to do it. But there are a couple of free ones that you can, or low budget ones that you can use in here too. But the first three are all money driven strategies. Suck it up, buttercup. Welcome to business. Number one, one. Facebook advertising. Facebook advertising the single best source of leads right now. Here's the caveat. Facebook is going to give you the lowest dollar cost per lead of any source. If okay. When you're investing money, you cannot get a better cost per lead right now than Facebook. Okay. Um, very rarely. I, there, are, there are random exceptions, but it's not yeah. as consistent and predictable as Facebook. Facebook right. is the number one source. He, the difference is, low cost per lead, longer lead cycle. So you've got to mm. be in the game. You can't be thinking that every single person who responds to your ad and 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 clicks on an ad and goes and fills out a form on your website is like ready to buy or sell right now. They're a longer lead cycle because they may be very early on. They, they're they like, you know what? Maybe I am thinking of buying. I don't know. I, like this hell looks interesting. And so they respond to it at a very different time in the cycle. So you've got to be willing to play that game with Facebook for a longer period of time. They're going to be on that higher side. Doesn't mean you won't get the hot ones, which is why I like Facebook because the lead cost is so low that you're also able to play a numbers game. There are going to be the hot ones in there that are, you know, a month to three months out. Right. But while you're finding them, bring value to the rest because you're now building up an incredible pipeline of people that in four months, five months, eight months, 10 months, boom, they're hitting. And now you've got this incredible pipeline that is feeding you for a long time. That's why I love Facebook so much. It's just one of the easiest, lowest cost ways to get in, in started in lead generation.
0: And, and that's better, you're saying, than, uh,
1: let's say, Google Ads? That's my number two. Oh, and okay. And here's why. Google Ads, and, and, and Google Ads is a little bit more complicated to get started with. It's, uh, the, it's not as intuitive to get going with Google ads as it is oftentimes with Facebook ads. So there's a little bit more of a learning curve with Google ads okay. than there is Facebook ads. The second issue with Facebook ads is they have a higher lead cost. So if your budget is small in the beginning, you're like, I got 300 bucks. With Google ads, that might net you 15 to 20 leads depending on your market. With Facebook, I might get 25 to 35 leads. So I'm my my lead volume on that same ad spend is going to go down. The the good news with Google is they have a shorter lead cycle because you're mm. genera- they're responding to searches. They're, they're actually searching homes for sale in Dallas Fort Worth, homes for sale in Austin, like they're, they're very targeted searches. So their timeframe is shorter. Got if it. you have the budget to do both, do both. If you Got don't, I would pick Facebook over Google for most people simply because you're just going to play a volume game. And I like that more. And it's a little easier, more intuitive to set up. Um, Google, I, I do love, but it's, right. it takes a little bit more Expertise. Let's say right. I think sometimes okay. than Facebook does. So right. I love both. I love both. In fact, okay. I was talking with a client of ours uh, just the other day and he's a, he's heavy. He spends 3000 a month on, on Facebook and he had turned off Google for a period of time just because they had so much volume that they didn't need it, but the market had shifted. So he's playing and he's like, you know what? I'm going to turn on about, um, he's like, I'm probably going to put about 3000 a month right now back into Google Cause I feel like we need some hot ones coming in. So he'll turn it on and off as needed based on how his pipeline is doing. So you oh, can them back and forth based on what your needs are. Right. Cool. So number yeah. three, number three, From to number three Zillow. Um, and, and I know what everybody thinks of Zillow, And it's like, look, I, I don't care. The reality is, I don't care about your personal feelings about Zillow. Zillow doesn't care about your personal feelings about Zillow. Neither do the clients that are on Zillow looking for things. I don't care how many times I tell my mother-in-law, stop sending me homes on, on Zillow to, to look at for you. They're not available. She still keeps sending me Zillow yeah, <laughs> listings yeah, going, what, she's do gonna do go. what do you think of this right. one? The truth is the consumer doesn't care about your feelings on Zillow. And Zillow is a great lead source problem with Zillow is high cost per lead in most markets, but the reality is they're a hotter lead. They're, they're for the most part, good quality leads. You can bitch about them all day long, but people are making boatloads of money on it. And my personal thing is if you've got number one and number two dialed in, do as little on Zillow as you need to, Uh, you know, just an extra source there, because here's what happens. If Facebook decides to just go crazy and change their ad policies. It can nail your Facebook ads. So if you've got a little bit in Google and a little bit in Zillow, you can throttle them up and adjust, and you're not just like all of a sudden your lead flow goes from, oh, I had 100 leads a month to zero. I've got these sources that I can move up and down as needed, much like that client I was talking about. Keeping a little bit, even if they're not your primary in there, gives you the ability to kick it on if you absolutely yeah. need to look I've had those times where Facebook just decides that hey we hate you today and and we're yeah. gonna shut off all your ads and you're like what right. the actual like come yeah. on
0: yep yeah. what's going on so yeah. so coach you you mentioned Zillow now in some cases high cost so we know in some cases the zip codes are not available Yep. but you, you didn't mention realtor Trulia, homes.com you know all these other sites is is it any of those or is it strictly just Zillow
1: I have here's what i say always start with solo the the other ones i have found and i don't know why and I'll, without knowing their internal workings and what they're doing i can't tell you why i well i have some theories but the other ones are very market dependent Um, We find that realtor.com does work really well in some markets. We find that homes.com works well in some markets that could be due to advertising spend. It could be due to market penetration. It could be due to their own targeting in those areas the competition, like who knows, right? But Zillow is consistently the number one nationwide brand for consumers. So if I had to pick, I'd go to Zillow. If I don't have that as an option, I might play with Realtor.com or or Homes or Trulia and see what happens. Got it. Cool. Number four. Number four, open houses. So here's where we get into something that is an oldie but goodie. And and I think it's one of the most underutilized strategies in today's market. And I think it's I think it's a perennial, abused, unused, like a people just don't do it right. And it's why we give you the ultimate open house strategy in module three of the real estate playbook. Cause I want you to do it right. And if you don't like the way I do it, go look at the way Tom does it. I mean, we're all preaching pretty much the same thing is blow it out, make it an incredible event. Do it where it's an actual event. Most people right. run open houses like they're holding an open you know, a, a, a viewing at a funeral. Like, hey, come on in right. and view the dead body. And you walk into this house And you're like, hey, are we allowed to talk? Like,
0: Yeah. I call it Friday. Friday, they decide to do something and they they stick a sign in the yard Sunday with a hope and a wish.
1: Yeah. Maybe some balloons if they want to splurge and they're like, well, stick some balloons on there and hopefully people will see it. And they're like, yeah, open houses don't work. And it's like, no, your open houses don't work. Open houses do work if you do it well. And I truly believe and Mark, you and I have talked about this. If you were a brand new agent starting today, from scratch, no money. If you sat two open houses a week, yeah. You're like, but I don't have any listings. You, there are over two thousand listings in Jpar. I'm sure you can find two open houses a week for the next year. If you did two open houses a week and that's all you did, and followed up with those no. leads, and put signs out, you don't even have to put a no. ton of money into it. Like twenty no. bucks a week and put signs out and sat open houses twice a a week for a year. You do over six figures like that. Just like that.
0: I just looked uh, recently, you know, we have 2000 active listings at the moment. And for a number of various reasons, uh, we have an internal uh, page where folks can publish, hey, I need help with an open house. And so it's a great, I just got a text uh, coach from our agents who's using module three uh, the, the marketing plan yeah. on how to do open houses. Here's what she wrote. 42% increase year over year from 14 last year, year to date and 4 million to 20 this year and 5 million simply by starting to execute uh, open
1: houses. Love that. Love that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah,
0: right, right out of module three.
1: That's it. Like it's, it's literally laid out there for you guys. So if you're no. not in the real estate playbook, you're not doing these things. There's a reason the average production's gone up. It's because there are people right now in your company that are all in on that real estate playbook, going module by module, doing the work, putting the time in. And it's not complicated. I simplify it down. I don't give you anything you don't need. It's simple. All you got to do is go execute. But the reality is it's easier to not execute than it is to execute. Well, so I, there it is. Right yeah. here, right? Just right there.
0: We got all the ideas in the world, but we got to go execute something. So yeah,
1: execute this, the step-by-step plan. Okay. Number five, number five, least geographic favorite, farming, least favorite, least favorite oh. geographic farming. Now here's why it's my least favorite. I don't dislike it. I just, if I'm looking at my time and my money, where is it best spent? It's not in geographic farming under most circumstances. Okay. There are some caveats to this. There are specific markets that are very traditional marketing dependent on some levels. So resort towns oftentimes have those homes and land magazines that actually still do really freaking well because we come into town and we're like, ooh, I really want to buy a vacation home here. And we grab the homes and land and we're like, let's flip through, why not? Right. Even though there's, there's MLSs, even though there's things like that that, that I could use, we still use some of those things and, and direct mail can still work as part of an overarching strategy. My problem with them is most people don't have the patience for them when they're getting started because they don't have consistency in any part of their business. And 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 those geographic farming strategies, either take a ton of time to pay off or a ton of time, manual labor to make them work and money. So if I've got $500 a month to spend and I'm deciding between, you know, Facebook ads and uh, postcards, I'm choosing Facebook ads all day long because right. the response rate is going to be so much higher on Facebook ads than than yeah. postcards. Now, if I want to slot those things in, once I've got my business dialed in and I want, again, diversification and I want a couple different things that I'm working on, angles that I'm coming at things, Great. I'll do that. But otherwise, I'm not going to lead with that strategy. Here's another thing, is that geographic farming also doesn't mean just postcards or print mail. It also means door knocking. It also means FISBOs, It also means expireds. I do like those strategies. Right. But most people won't do them. And if they do them, they won't do them well. So right. if you're going to go FISBO, you're going to go expired. You're just going to have to be prepared for lots of rejection which most people just aren't ready for that. You're going to have to be prepared for a grind. You're going to have to be prepared for calling, calling, calling. And we have some clients that love doing it and they excel at it because they love it. Well, so coach,
0: right before this episode, I interviewed one of our brand new agents in his first year. All he did was for sale by owners and expireds, Did 20, did 20 transactions. So I did, but he loves that kind of thing. But most of us aren't, geared for that now they could do pumpkins or community events you know santa claus
1: yeah you know,
0: that kind of thing that's
1: again good. all good stuff and it's and it's slow burn and it and yeah. again it's not control me dropping off pumpkins or giving out pumpkins is an influence strategy yeah. me doing a, a, a neighborhood block party is an influence strategy i can't i can't force people to bring a you know i can say hey bring a can to donate you know to, to the food bank and everybody's going to show up with a Campbell soup can, but I can't say bring a can and a referral and i and you'll get in. Yeah. So it's
0: unpredictable, it, reliable, duplicatable.
1: Yeah. What, and what so about, start moving out of that control yeah. side of the equation pretty easily. If you're not careful in the, in the geo farming.
0: Yeah. So coach, since we're talking about geographic farming, let's, let's switch a little bit. What about the demographic farming? So targeting, let's say investors, CPAs, financial planners, um, What's your view on on that type of, uh, in a sense, a different type of geographic, demographic targeting?
1: Right, and 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 uh, and you and I have talked about this. I actually really like it. Most people just don't do it well, and right. so they approach it as a very soft strategy. And so they're mm-hmm. like, "Well, I made friends with a bunch of accountants who we said well, we just agreed we'll all send each other a referral," and it's like, eh, "Yeah, how you're not going to get any that way." We have, uh, you know, some clients, Chris and Michelle, that what they did is they targeted very specifically, uh, assisted living facilities because they have a lot of assisted living facilities in their area, in their community. Mm -hmm. And so what they did is they worked to become the preferred provider for selling your your family members home so that they can make the move into assisted living. But they didn't just stop there. They created a packet. They created information. They created this whole thing so that when the assisted living facility is talking with the kids, they can be like, and hey, here's a packet of information to help, you know, with with the, the difficult, and, and they've positioned themselves as understanding the situation, being sensitive to the needs, having a whole white glove kind of concierge service because it's an emotional thing for the kids. They've got to pick the facility. They've got to get the household, the furniture, all of these things. Mm-hmm. So it was very demographic targeted, but very intentional in the way they right. went about it. We have uh, uh, our, our agent that we used, our realtor that we used, um, in, our, in our relocation that we've got coming up, one of the things that, that she was very good at is positioning herself as a reload expert and, mm. and helping people who have businesses make right. the move into the state. So when I got the packet, it wasn't just how to buy a house in this state and all this, it was, here's an accountant, here's this, here's this information on mm-hmm. moving your business on ever like, it was a very in-depth packet. And so, it, it just made me feel like, ah, she gets what my needs are. So, well, that's... what we
0: talked about earlier, she added value.
1: She added value. She, she added, added value to you because
0: she, yeah. she exceeded your expectations and in going above and beyond what just, you know, here's the houses or here's the, you know, all the things that you're going to be thinking about, she anticipated and right. helped you,
1: in a sense, solve that problem. That's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. And it was, and it was even the things that I didn't think to look for from my realtor i fully expected that i was going to need to contact an attorney i fully expected that i was going to need to contact insurance agents or i say but lisa because she handles all that stuff i am like i'm going to go run the business but you know i expected that we were going to have to do that stuff what i didn't expect is to have it all handed to me on a silver platter from my agent who was also going to help me find the house that we were buying so good good all of that was was taking that idea of demographic targeting, figuring out some niches, but then not just going, "Oh, cool! I'm going to partner with, am going to partner with accountants, and we're all going to refer each other business." And it's like, yeah, it's, just, it's like a really crappy BNI network. It's not going to happen. So, right. how do you make it so that you make the referral easy? That's what you got to figure out. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's cool. So, Facebook ads, Google ads, Zillow, open houses and geographic demographic farming. So awesome episode today. I am so appreciative of you pouring into our group and spending some time with us. And as we talked, you know, all of these ideas are worthless without doing something, uh, like getting into the real estate playbook module three and going through the, the open house step-by-step guide or many of the other resources that are available. Uh, Travis, if someone wants to take advantage and, uh, Have a free consult and see if coaching is right for them. What do they need to do?
1: All they have to do is go to jparcoaching.com. jparcoaching.com and that'll redirect you to a special uh, registration link and, and you can get on the phone with somebody on my team. We're gonna talk with you for 60 minutes. We're gonna take a look at your business, what's working, what's not working, where you're headed, what the roadblocks are. And look, here's the thing, Mark, is if we can help your team, we absolutely show them what it looks like to work with us. And if not, we're the first ones to say, hey, look, here's where you need to be. Here's where you need to go. You're not ready for what we do yet. And we point them in the right direction. This isn't a hard pitch. This isn't a hard sale. We're not for everybody and everybody's not for us, but when they're ready, we can help them and we'll show them what it looks like. And, and what I can tell your team is we've seen it all. We're not, this is no. what we do day in no. and day out. There's not like nobody comes to us and it's like, oh wow, that, that caught us off guard. It's like, whatever your problems are, whatever your right. challenges are, we've seen it. We know yeah. how to overcome it and we can help you get where you want to go so much faster. And if you look at your JPAR leaderboards, leaderboards, uh, so many of those people are our clients yeah. and it's an honor to work with them and to, to see them winning and yeah. see the transformation and not just their business yeah. and their income, but their life. And, yeah. and look, guys, your business exists to support your life and fund your life, not run it. And so, yeah, we want to make you a boatload of money, but we also want you to have an incredible life too. And so we're going to show you how to do all of that. So, JParcoaching.com, Get a session. It's 60 minutes. It's amazing. And it may be the best 60 minutes you invest on your business this year. So, don't no. lose that opportunity.
0: So, Travis, I wanted to share two things because I think we're uh, upwards of 70 episodes of Success Superstars right now. And there's been two trends. We're going to go back and do kind of the best of. Uh, and there's two trends. You know, we've interviewed uh, agents of the highest level of success uh, brand new agents, mentors, you know every gambit, and there's two trends we've picked up on one is they wish they'd delegated to an assistant or transaction coordinator sooner, yep, and they wish they had a hired a coach faster that could show them the blueprint you you said it you you know we know the blueprint, the method the, to get them, and they <laughs> they now realize you know I could have got that from someone sooner
1: yeah, yeah, yep. it's you know it's human nature, mark to feel like. I can do it on my own. And, and it's weird. Like if you go into these Facebook groups and and people are like, Oh, who should I use for a coach? And, and there are people that jump on and they're like, you don't need a coach. Just go out and hustle. There's your coaching. It's like, it's more than that. And you and I have been yeah. in this industry for a long time. We know that there's so much more to it. And, and there's no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in coaching. There's yeah. like, I have a coach. You have coaches. I have right. fitness coaches, health coaches, mindset right. coaches, business coaches. Like I have coaches. I have coaches on my team who coach me. And, and, and because right. I want the outcome and I want to get there as fast as I possibly yeah. can and not waste time. Cause the time is the one thing I can't get back. And so yeah. if you're struggling because you're, you're feeling, you know, uh, ashamed or embarrassed, like put that all aside, set your ego aside. And I promise you, we can absolutely help you get where you want to go so much faster, and and it's it's an awesome honor to get to do that with your people.
0: So, besides the ego, the the number one uh, objection I get, and, and you, know, you know, we direct them to all types of coaches. You, you know, the partnership yep. that we have and others, depending on their needs. But the number one thing they say is, "Gosh, it's just so expensive." Mm. How, how do you help people kind of figure out the? what I would call the ROI, the return on investment.
1: Yeah. Uh, so expensive is a shopping spree at Macy's or Nordstrom or, you know, going and buying a Porsche you can't afford. That's expensive. Um, you know, Benjamin Franklin, I'm going to kind of butcher this inv- this quote a little bit, but Benjamin Franklin basically said, if people were to empty their purses into their minds, they would never go another day without the income that they want is that there's, there's, expenses and then there's investments. And you don't value things that are cheap. You don't value things that are, you know, everybody's, look, you can go watch free YouTube videos all day long, but the truth is free doesn't get value. And, and at some point, if I want to, if I want to look at my business as a business, I have to be willing to invest in myself. I have to be willing to invest in anything, software, technology, and, and this whole idea that we can go along and never invest is, is just a fool's game and it's ego and it's pride. And I get it. it, is, it it's an investment. It is absolutely an investment. But the truth is, Mark, they're already paying that to the universe of not knowing or the university of not knowing. Because let's just take a, a, a coaching program and let's just say for, for round figures, it was $8,000 a year. Well, how much are you not making? by not having the answers to the problems that you have? How much money are you sending to your competitors? And unless you're the Oprah of real estate where it's like, and you get a check, and you get a check, and you get a check, at some point you have to decide, those clients should have been mine and I've kept, I've lost 10 deals, 20 deals to to competitors. I've sent them to my competitors because I'm not prepared. So am I willing to invest eight grand or 10 grand? Hell, would you be willing to invest 50 grand if you knew that it made you another 500 grand over the course of a year. Right. Yep. Like so in, in our market,
0: the average commission, let's say, is 8,000. So if I could get, you know, two, three, four, five, you know, if I double, you know,
1: then yeah. that
0: investment would be well worth it.
1: Well, And, and so it's, it's a mindset about, you know, understanding cost versus expense and investment versus expense. It's, right. is it expensive? Yeah. No, it's an investment. Going to Macy's and, and blowing a K is expensive. <laughs> that, that's stupid. expensive. You yeah. know, the new Rolex. Well, yeah. with that,
0: uh, I am so grateful uh, for you spending some time and pouring into uh, the audience. And we'll see you soon on another episode of Success Superstars.